So what's the date today? The 12th. So it's not long to Christmas, is it? It's um, 13 days. Two weeks yesterday. Or 13 more big sleeps. <laughs> Christmas comes around uh, so fast these years. Seems to get faster every year. So I give this little speech every time I get the Christmas tree down from the attic. Saying, I can't believe it's Christmas again. I can't believe it's come round so fast. As a child, I remember feeling that Christmas would never come. Uh, Time moved so slowly when you were waiting for Christmas as a child. It felt like that to me. Uh, Christmas Eve, it was as if time stopped altogether. um, Or at least it it moved into this matrix-like slow-motion world. Uh, The anticipation and the excitement was so immense in me as a child just waiting for Christmas morning to come. I could not wait. And, um, and the name given over centuries for this period leading up to Christmas is Advent, is what we mark here with our Advent candles. We're on the third Sunday of Advent today. Um, and Advent simply means coming, uh, the coming of, of the Lord, the coming of Jesus. It looks forward to the coming of the Messiah, the celebration of his birth. Advent marks a time of waiting and hope um, and has traditionally been celebrated in in different uh, ways. And there's a strong dose in the tradition of waiting in the biblical sense of expectation. You know, the Latin to wait is expecto, and it means to look for or to expect or to wait in anticipation, to wait for. Um, now, traditionally, and, and church traditions over the, over the centuries, each Advent Sunday has been assigned to different subjects, love, joy, peace, and so on, but also to different biblical characters. The first Advent Sunday is, is generally uh, associated with the patriarchs, with, with Abraham and with Sarah, and that's, I want to talk about them t- tonight. We're on the third Advent, but... I'm going to break with tradition and go with Abraham and Sarah and talk about being in God's waiting room. I want to I read you a couple of verses from the book of Genesis, not a classical kind of Christmas text. <laughs> but um, let me read to you from Genesis 12, uh, verses 1 to 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's an amazing promise that God makes to Abraham. The Lord comes to Abraham and makes this amazing promise. I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I want you to go. I want you to leave your father's house and your country. I want you to go to the land that I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you. And if anybody curses you, I'll curse them, but uh, you will be blessed by me, and your descendants will be blessed. And it's a verse that God spoke to me uh, using these verses. When I was a teenager, I felt that I should go and leave my country and go to a foreign country for a while, and and for a while, these verses really spoke to me in that, in that sense. 
But it also is a word for every one of us. It, it, it equates to Jesus' command to come. Abraham's command to go, God's command to Abraham to go, Jesus' command to come, come and follow me, Jesus said, and continues to say to each one of us, uh, for, for the command to go or the command to come, it's the same command to give up everything to follow God, that, that I'm all in. And it means giving up sometimes our sense of uh, our past identity, our past uh, behaviors, our family in some ways. It means things and experiences perhaps in the past that have defined us and uh, delimited us. And, and the Lord Jesus says, come and follow me and leave that behind. Leave that behind and come follow me. It's a call it's a time to press the reset button. And Abraham's call is a call to, to wait as well on the timing of God, on, on the journeying with God. And uh, it's a call to move and to, to go as God calls him to go and to move on and to be obedient. So there is a call of God that every one of us receives to follow him. And this is the call that comes to Abraham. But the other, the other thing to see in Abraham's life is that there are, there are appointed times and seasons in God's plans and purposes for our life. Let's, let's read from Genesis chapter 18. Um, let me read you verse 10 and verse 11 and verse 14 of Genesis 18. This is, this is um, God speaking again to Abraham. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. This is God speaking to Abraham uh, in verse 10 of chapter 18. They've been waiting. They've been waiting to have children. They've not been able to have children. And Sarah's not been able to have children. And, and the Lord says, I will surely return. And this time next year, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And then... And now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. And verse 11, Abraham and Sarah, they were already old and they were well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. And then verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. There are appointed times and seasons that God has got for each one of us in our, in our lives. And there's an appointed time here that, that, that even though they've been waiting and waiting and waiting, the angel of the Lord comes and the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, at the appointed time next year, Sarah, your wife, will be pregnant. You're going you're gonna to have a child. You're going to have a son. And God has promised Abraham in these earlier verses in, in chapter 12 and in the promises that God makes to Abraham, God has promised Abraham he's going to bless him and he's going to give him offspring and through his offspring all the nations will be blessed. This is the promise of God that he has made to Abraham. But now it all seems too late. Abraham and Sarah are old and there are no children. So how is God going to fulfill this promise that he's made that through his offspring he's going to bless all nations. He's going to be, uh, Abraham's going to be a source of blessing. Graham Kendrick, many of you will perhaps not remember Graham Kendrick. He was a worship leader when I was a teenager a long time ago. And, um, but he sang a song. And this song, I used to listen to it when I was younger. And he, he sang this old song. It says, in your way and in your time, that's how it's going to be in my life. In your way and in your time, that's how it's going to be in 
your and in my life. It's, it's a submission of our lives to the will of God, saying in your timing, in your way, in your time, that's how I want things to unfold in my life. Now, when we were thinking of going into the ministry and we were living in Germany, um, we went to a meeting in Frankfurt and we were called forward by this man that was ministering, a guy called Dale Gentry. And he spoke to me and Jenny and he, he gave us a, a word from God in the middle of this meeting. And it, his words were, don't despise these days of preparation for when the fullness of time comes for your life, I will bring you forth. I will bring you forth. I will, ultimately went on to say, bring you into a place of ministry and, and teaching and so on. But don't despise these days of preparation. For when the fullness of time comes, uh, I will do this, what I have said I will do. And that's what God says to Abraham. And that's what God says to everyone at the appointed time. There is an appointed time for things to happen in our lives. There are appointed times and seasons for you. The days that are ordained for you, the Bible says, are written in God's book. All the days that he has ordained for you. Do you get anxious about the future? Do you get anxious about what's going on in the world? Do you get anxious about what's coming next? Do you get agitated about the future, about next year, about next month, about next week? And, and, but what the Bible says, what we can be assured in and what God speaks to Abraham about is that in the appointed times, in the fullness of time, I will do in your life what I say I will do. And all of your days are already mapped out in my book, in, written in my book, every one of them. God has a plan for your life. God has appointed times for your life. And whatever stage of life you're in, God has still got appointed times for you. And the fullness of time, this biblical phrase that, that is used. And sometimes we can do the right thing at the wrong time. We can do something that is the right thing, but it's the wrong time. It's not the right time to do it. And Abraham, as we know, tried to do that. He tried to do the right thing, but he tried to do it at the wrong time. He tried to force God's hand. He tried to fulfill God's promise on his own, with his own effort. We read about it in Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, what, what happened in, in Abraham's effort to have a child, because this was what God said would happen. And so it says here in verse 16, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant called Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go and sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. I always find that funny, that bit of the story. It's like, I wonder how Abraham agreed. It's like, Sarah's saying, go and sleep with Hagar. Have children with her, maybe. And Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. It was like, did he go reluctantly? It was like, oh, all right, if you insist. Um, I'm not sure, but he did. But it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's time. They were trying to help God along with God's promise and they got it all wrong <laughs> and it led to a whole heap of trouble because it wasn't the fullness of God's time it wasn't the anointed or the ordained or the appointed time and there are appointed times and seasons in our lives for when God moves and when God acts I like occasionally to make bread and uh, when you're making bread you, you put you put the flour in and then you put the 
the salt in and you put the yeast in and you put the water in. It's very simple to make bread. It's not complicated. But what you do have to do to make good bread is you have to wait. You have to wait for the yeast to do its stuff. You have to, you have to hands off and let the bread do what the bread does. Let the yeast do what the yeast does in causing the bread to, to rise and to increase in size and then you knock it back and you wait again and it rises again until you have a, a, a loaf that's ready. Now you can't, you can't hurry up that process and interestingly enough the Bible equates the kingdom of God to yeast. It says that the kingdom of God is like yeast. It, you've, got to, you've got to let the kingdom of God do its stuff. You've got to let God do his thing in his way and in his time. You can't hurry it. Is it Phil Collins said, you can't hurry love, you just have to wait. And you just have to wait sometimes. You can't hurry love, you can't hurry God or his timings. Uh, and you've got to let the yeast of the kingdom of God work its stuff in your life. And you've got to get back to Graham Kendrick territory in your way and in your time. That's how it's going to be in my life. And there's great reassurance in that. And when we try and preempt God, which is what happened to Saul as well, when he wouldn't wait for the prophet to come, Samuel, and he said, you were late, you won't come in, I had to do something, so I went and sacrificed. And Samuel said, you shouldn't have done that. You should have waited like I told you to, like God told you to. You've, you've gone ahead of God. Abraham went ahead of God. Sarah went ahead of God. So God's promised us we're going to have kids. If we can't do it this way, we'll do it this way. And uh, it was, let's wait for God's timing. Sometimes we have to say, don't just do something. Stand there. You know, sometimes there is something of God in the, in the waiting for his ordained times. The third thing that we can see is God, is, is, is an interesting kind of thread through this story, is, is how God can turn Laughter of incredulity and cynicism and despair into laughter of joy. We were speaking this morning of joy, and today is the third Sunday of Advent, and we're focusing on this sense of joy. But what we read in the story of Abraham and Sarah is how God took their mocking laughter, their incredulous laughter, their it's never going to happen laughter, their growing cynicism. God took that and turned it into a laughter of joy and fulfilled promises. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting to see. So let's read how that happens. Genesis 17, verses 15 to 17. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, Sarai, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her. I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And so he, he laughed to himself. It's like, you have got to be kidding me, God. There's no way this is going to happen. And then we read on in, in chapter 18, verses 10 to 12, a similar event. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. 
Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? And so she's laughing incredulously. You've got to be kidding me. It's never going to happen. So Abraham laughs at God's promise, but not in a joyous way, in a kind of cynical way. Sarah laughs at God's promise, and God's saying it's going to happen. You're going to have a child. I'm going to bless you. It's going to happen next year. And neither of them can believe it. Now let's fast forward then in this little thread to chapter 21, verses 5 to 7. We read this. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. (laughs) God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Sometimes you can laugh at the wrong time, can't you? You ever get the giggles when you shouldn't have them? I was in a church service once. I was in Christ Church, Oxford. And I was at an Evensong service. And uh, I was there with a bunch of uh, students, and um, we were in this really nice kind of Christchurch, Oxford University, beautiful even song, really kind of holy atmosphere, and we're all singing and listening to these choir boys singing. And then one of the people sat in front of me went to sit down, but they missed their chair and, and, and planted on the floor in front of me. And so my whole role, we're just like, you could just see everybody's shoulders going. And we're all just like giggling away. I could not, I just couldn't stop laughing. And the more I knew I wasn't supposed to laugh, the more I had to laugh. You're kind of biting your lip and biting your knuckles. And you know when you're not allowed to laugh, but you really, really want to. And you, you laugh at the wrong time. And, and Isaac means he laughs or he will laugh. Isaac is a child of promise to Abraham and Sarah, and God has said it will happen, and it happens. Their laughter of disbelief and even cynicism, we all can get cynical at times. Or you might say an understandable skepticism or doubt, given their age and circumstances, was changed to God's grace, how the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and God's plans, I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. And God's supernatural power is anything too hard for the Lord. And that's what happened from this place of, you've got to be kidding me. God's not going to bless me. God's not going to do anything in my life. I'm too old. I'm too past it. There's no way. And yet, and yet God does. You're aware of the, the uh, LOL on text messages? And... Um, there's, a, there's some confusion in the world of texting across the generations with regard to the abbreviation LOL. It means, does it not, for those of you who use such terms, laugh out loud, LOL. But the older generation, some of them, thinks it means lots of love. My mum thinks LOL means lots of love instead of laugh out loud. So she'll send me a text and she'll say something like, I'm very proud of you, my son, LOL. So it's like, okay, <laughs> proud of you, laugh out loud. Um, but laugh out loud 
is what Sarah did when she heard God speaking to Abraham about the fact that she was going to have a son. It was a laugh of disbelief. She laughed to herself. And she heard the Lord speaking, and as she listened, she checked herself out in the full-length mirror in her, in her tent, and she saw the something, the 90-something-year-old woman looking back at her, and she remembered her youth and her youthful looks and her youthful body, and she laughed. <laughs> she said, it's not going to happen. We all of us get older at times. My wife is turning 50 this week. Uh, oh, I know, I know. Um... And sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm, I'm past that, I've gone over the 50 hill and going down the other side, and, um, and sometimes you look in the mirror and you think, man, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, and sometimes we play football on a Monday night with these young guns, and some of us who are slightly older, we realize we're not as fast as we used to be, or as sharp as we used to be. And now as Sarah looks in the mirror, the, the lady looks back at her And she's old and she's tired and her skin is wrinkled and everything is sagging. And she says to herself, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I have this pleasure? Is God still going to use me in my old age? Is God still going to fulfill promises that he made to me a long time ago? Is this going to happen? And sometimes I think when you get older and there are stages to that, I think we can get cynical or we can give up on certain promises of God or we can think that that is no longer going to come to pass or that God can no longer use me. But God took a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man. He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to use you to bless other people. And you never passed it in God's kingdom. Billy Graham said before he died, growing old, has been one of the greatest surprises of my life. And it's true. I I read this, you know you're getting old when 5 a.m. is when you get up and not when you go to bed. (laughs) Or 90% of the time you spend in front of a computer is for real work. Or about half the stuff in your shopping trolley says for fast relief. (laughs) Or all you want for your birthday is to not be reminded of your age. Or all your favorite music is in the bargain bin at the supermarket. Or an all-nighter means not getting up to go to the toilet. (laughs) Or at breakfast you hear snap, crackle, and pop, and you're not eating cereal. (laughs) And everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. Happy hour is a nap, and there's nothing left to learn the hard way, and you hear your favorite song in a lift, you know you're getting old. But Sarah's laughter, as we read in that little thread, it was turned from disbelief to joy. Let me repeat why God was gracious to her. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, it says. It's just God's grace in her life. And took cynicism and disbelief and crabbiness and passed it and and turns it into laughter of joy. I'm going to give you joy, Sarah. It's because of grace, the grace of God, and and because God's got plans for her still. She's not past it. I will bless her. I'm going to bless her. God, I'm going to bless her. (laughs) So she will be the mother of nations. She's no idea what's coming to her. 
And God showed the supernatural power in her life. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is the rhetorical question that comes. So there's something about faith attracting and welcoming the work of God. That happens sometimes. We have faith that attracts God's work. But that's not this. Sarah's blessing in this instance were not the result of her reading and implementing the latest best-selling book on the 12 irrefutable steps to victorious and overcoming faith. It was nothing to do with that. It was the grace of God. It was the choice of God to bless her. And it was the power of God to do it. Because nothing's too hard for God in your life and in mine. God was just kind to her and gracious and powerful at work in her life. And God has got good plans for her. And God has got good plans for you. And God moved powerfully in her life. And God will move powerfully in your life. And we like the biblical players, we can say, I believe, but God help my unbelief. And don't let your past disappointments determine your future destiny. He can turn your laughter of cynicism and disappointment into guffaws of joy. And then finally, there's walking with God in the in-between times. There's a word, it's, it's liminal. Liminal means that we're in between spaces. Liminal means we're on the move, but we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we were. Liminal is that in-between place. That's what liminal means. So we're walking with God in the in-between times. We're not where we were, but we're not really where we want to be. We haven't really fulfilled what God's got for us yet. And what are you waiting for? Let's listen to these final verses in this reflection on Abraham and Sarah, Genesis 15, 1 and 2. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? See what's happening there. God's making a covenant with Abraham and he says, Don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield right now, your very great reward. And Abraham's questioning that, and he's still looking forward. He's still in that in-between place. God says, don't be afraid, I'm your shield, and your reward will be very great. Abraham skipped over God's promise of company, of support, of refuge in the present, in now, here, Abraham, because he's looking and straining ahead. And God continues to speak to us in the same way, in the waiting, in the waiting, in the liminal spaces, in the not yet there times, in the it's not yet happened times, in those difficult times. God continues to speak to us. Don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your refuge. And I am your very great reward. And Abraham's looking to what he's not got, but God's saying, this is what you do have. I will be a shield around you, Abraham. I'm going to give you a great reward. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be your refuge, your hiding place. I'm going to be everything you need, Abraham. I'm everything you need in this place right now. And, And that's where we're at in our waiting, in God's waiting room. And, and God wants to take that laughter of disbelief and, and unbelief and disappointment and cynicism and he wants to turn it into laughter of joy, guffaws of joy on this Advent Sunday. God continues to speak to us in the same way. Don't be afraid. I am your refuge.
We don't need to rush to a future reward. We can enjoy the God who is with us now, here in the waiting. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these old stories of the Bible, these old characters who we learn from. As we read about them, they encourage us and they remind us of our own selves at times. We thank you, God. There are times where we try and preempt you and and do your job for you. There are times where we try and fulfill your promises in our own way. There are times where we get impatient or cynical or discouraged. But I thank you, God, that just as you called Abraham to go, you have called us to go, to come and follow you. I thank you, God, that there are appointed times and seasons for us. I thank you, Lord, there there is the fullness of time sometimes in our lives. And while something might not be happening now, it may well happen in a few months' time or next year. But God, you are still at work. And in the meantime, in the liminal space, you will be our refuge, our shield, and our very great reward. So in this Advent time, as we wait, and as we look to you, and as we pause, I pray, Lord Jesus, that faith would rise up in our hearts. I pray that as you were with Sarah, so you would be with us. I pray that you would be very gracious to us, God. I pray that you would show your power in our lives. Is anything too difficult for God? I pray, Lord, that you will bring joy and laughter to us again. I pray, God, that you will continue to work even in God's waiting room and that, Lord, we will trust in you wholly and completely. I pray, Lord, that we will, all of us, be filled with a sense of joy and anticipation in the sense of the Latin meaning of this word, expecto, to wait in expectation, the coming of our Messiah. So thank you, God, that you have not finished with us yet, and that you are working in each and every one of our lives, and we give you all praise and all glory. Amen.